Good evening, everybody, and welcome to an emergency edition of the Buds and Blue Jays podcast. I'm Jesse Burrell, joined by Riley McConnell. And Riley, we have some breaking news along the headlines today. In fact, the Toronto Blue Jays have come to a one-year, $13 million agreement with first base, third base, slash DH, Justin Turner, to a one-year contract. He's 39 years old. Last year in Boston, 276, 354, 455 with 23 home runs. Initial steamer projections have Justin Turner in his first year with the Blue Jays, 260, 333, 413 with 15 home runs, Riley. When this came across your phone early this afternoon, what was your instant reaction about Justin Turner becoming a Blue Jay? My instant reaction, I like to kind of, baseball's fun in a, in a lot of ways. One is you can kind of compare, um, you know, players and players of certain eras. And it goes back to the Jays have never really developed third baseman all that well. Um, you know, you'd almost have to go back quite a ways to find a quality third baseman that we've actually brought up through our own system from draft. Um, you know, uh, Tony Batista, Corey Kosky, Gloss, Roland. You know, with ex- Josh Donaldson, I'm going to leave him out of this conversation. What I'm getting at is these are third basemen um, that came to Toronto when they were past their prime. Troy mm-hmm. Gloss still put up very good numbers with us, just for reference. Uh, but he wasn't 39 years old. Justin Turner is coming to us as a 39-year-old guy. He's been in the big leagues for a long time. And the thing that gets me, Jesse, is you already said it. You're saying third base slash, first base slash DH. Uh, we're not getting a third baseman version of Justin Turner, which to me, that's what this ball club needed, you know, mm-hmm. more than any other positional um, player out there is a third baseman. I'm sure he'll get some reps at third base. Um, do I like Justin Turner as a ball player? Yeah, I think that Justin Turner has been a great kind of hit accumulator, you know, since the year 2013, 2015. He was a big part of that Dodgers dynasty, you know, that did so well. Now he's in the twilight of his career. He had an exceptional year as a 38-year-old playing at Fenway. You know, that's he's a right-handed bat, green monster. That's going to load you up for success. I don't know if that same success is going to come to him in Toronto. It's just there's things that, you know, don't necessarily add up to this looking too good. The other side of it, Jesse... As we say here, can't go wrong with a one-year deal, $13 million. You know, veterans veterans get paid. Justin Turner's going to get at bat there. Let's see how effective he is for this Blue Jays team. I, I mean, I don't have him for 20 home runs necessarily, and I don't really have him pinned as a 300 hitter anymore. Let's see what happens. We can be optimistic. I don't love it first glance, though. Yeah, I'm not a fan. As you'll find out later in this episode, I might be more down on Justin Turner than a lot of Blue Jays fans are. And we'll explain why as we get into this episode. But um, first things first, before we really break down Justin Turner, look, the Blue Jays had a choice here to fill this DH spot. We've talked about it a lot on other episodes between J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler, Justin Turner and others. And I think it's very interesting that the Blue Jays chose almost the safe route, if you will, with Justin Turner. Um, This team really needed power. Justin Turner out of those options, the least likely to give us power. He's also probably the one with the highest floor. I I guess it's tough to say a 39 year old who's got like blooming skills has a higher floor. Cause there is that follow potential here, but it's an interesting choice that the blue Jays went here. Um, would you would have gone this route to fill this DH spot or would you would have gone the JD Martinez, Jorge Soler route? I, I, I certainly would have done some swing and miss. Um, Justin Turner isn't a swing and miss guy. I yeah. would have liked the long ball, ahead of, you know, 
Justin Turner can drive in a lot of runs, and he has for a long time. But I really wanted yeah, 93 ribbies with Boston last year, which is very good. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. I just I'm not we're not trying to crap on Justin Turner. I'm not trying to crap on Justin Turner. Like he's had a very good career, and it came later in his career as his his uh, young, um, early 30s. He started finding success, and I think that's fantastic. Um, however, you're not going to have a very long prime starting at the age 31 season. You're probably not going to have the longevity to be a great ball player the same as you were at 31 to 39. I mean, Soler and Martinez, I would have had above Justin Turner. Yeah, me too. And it's the sole reason, like, to find a kind of a positional description of a player, like, to basically. Yeah, like Turner's only ever hit uh, 27 home runs in his big league career. And that was when he was in his prime hitting 23 in Boston with that red monster or the green monster right there is always very tough with uh, for the right handed hitters and stuff. And I, I don't know, it like projections have him for 15 home runs, Riley. If you were to right now take the over under on 15 home runs for uh, Justin Turner this year, where do you go? I'm going to say 13. I'm going to say 13. 13. See, that's tough, man. Like, this team really desperately needed power. And if we're thinking 14 home runs from this guy, that's a problem. Do you know what would be crazy, too? We know Reese Hoskins went to the Brewers. And, and, and like, this could be a year where Reese Hoskins easily hits 34 home runs. Without a doubt. Reese Hoskins isn't a guy who's – I don't know if he even has a 40 home run season, but faithfully can get you 30 home runs. Justin Turner has hit 27 home runs – two or three times in his career, three times, I believe that's his career high. And he's not about to explode. You know, that would be a huge, that's, that's movie material. If a 39 year old Justin Turner breaks out in a big way and tops career power numbers. Um, But we missed, we missed, you know, the boat with Shohei. We were in the bidding wars there. We lost out on that. Um, And, and same with Hoskins. There's other guys being snatched up around the, uh, around the leagues too. And why we settled on Justin Turner for a DH spot, it would be, for me, it would be different if he was a third baseman still. If he could give us plus defensive numbers, Jesse, and played third base, I'd be okay with yeah. this. But the fact that Which he's, he's not be a DH, no, exactly. I want yeah. wanted more power for this position. And I think for this Blue Jays team, that's what we needed before the off before the offseason even begun. That should have been the primary goal. And if you were to tell me back the day after we lost to the Minnesota Twins that our DH next year, for a team that's supposed to be getting better, we're to go out and all these signings in our DH is Justin Turner. I would have been disappointed back then. And I'm a little bit disappointed now. I'm less disappointed now because I've seen how this offseason has kind of unraveled mm-hmm. and the moves we have made. And, and yeah, it's I mean, it's $13 million. He's a veteran. He's going to get paid. But... I mean, he's limited in, in where he can play on the field, and I just don't think he's a valuable designated hitter. Like, if I knew going into the offseason we were going to go this route at DH, I would have almost rathered us re-sign Brandon Belt, first of all. That would have been better. At least he's left-handed compared to Justin Turner, who's right-handed. Or maybe even gone the Joey Votto route, which I know a lot of Blue Jays fans wanted. Me, personally, I didn't... Re- I- 
didn't really want to go that route. But if I knew that was the alternative or that was the route the Blue Jays were going to go, I probably would have rather picked that way. Um, but let's talk about the good things, I guess, that we might get from Justin Turner. Um, if you've been a baseball fan for the last decade or two, you know this guy. He's had a lot of playoff experiences. I think he's got an 830 postseason OPS in his 86 career games. So that is good. We talked about the run batted in and the clutch skill, which is something the Blue Jays really struggled with last year. He had 338, 395, 547 with runners in scoring position, plus a 142 w, or 134 WRC plus in high leverage and a 142 WRC plus against lefties. Plus, he's a good clubhouse guy, Riley. And I, I don't think the Blue Jays are lacking in good clubhouse guys. We already have a lot of good veterans, but it's just another asset in the favor of uh, Justin Turner. So those are all good things, I suppose. I mean, I, I dig the character clause, but how, you know, can everybody be, you know, uppity and, and cool with everybody if, if we're five games back of a wild card? I just want to throw that out there. Like, yeah. I, I get the clubhouse vibe. Jesse, we played, like, Jesse, you and I, as far as winning percentage on ball teams goes, we, we were very lucky. We played on very good <laughs> teams. Um mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, the mojo was never really down because we were winning. It's so easy to be up when you're winning. But I, if, if you're losing, like, like, come on, guys, you know, we're, we're down 8 nothing in the, in the, you know, the bottom of the third. And, and, yeah, we're seven games back of the division, and it's, you know, the second month of the, month of the year. But chin up. It's like no one wants to hear that. No one wants to, you know, deal with that. You just kind of do your own thing at that point. Like, I get the character thing is, is great. It's very helpful. But you know what also is helpful is, is you know, the home runs as well. Because then yeah. not only is that guy not the issue. Like, no, if, if, if Justin Turner, you switch his power for contact, all of a sudden he puts up 42 home runs a year. And maybe he's a, a quiet guy. Leads by example. I, he's not going to, he's not going to rustle any feathers because, mm-hmm. because he's out there doing a hell of a job putting balls in the seats. If Justin Turner doesn't, you know, let's say that he's got a pretty bad, you know, batting average with the balls in play, and he's only hitting 240 at one point in the year. There goes his primary tool, and may I say probably the only tool because he's DH. Yeah. So then, what, then do what do you have? have right? Enough, no. You have a DH who's destined to hit in the eight spot. And if your DH isn't two, three, four, or even five in your order, then you don't have a DH. Mm-hmm. I say and I just, you, the same thing can go for a first baseman, too. And that's the thing, too, with Justin Turner here is you got to know, like, there is real fallout potential. The guy is 39 years old. I tweeted out from uh, the Buds and Blue Jays account, one of the first signs of decline for a hitter usually is you can't catch up to that fastball. You can't barrel it up anymore. Justin Turner's bail rate on fastballs took a sharp decline last year. And we're seeing this a little bit with George Springer, too. And when that decline comes for a player... It comes quickly. Um, So let's get into the bad, I guess, the things that worry us going for Justin Turner this year, Riley. WRC plus of 56 in the month of September last year. That is bad. Could mean he's run out of gas in his age 38 season. The barrel rate was the lowest of career. We've already talked about the defense, the arm strength, the base running. None of those are a plus to Justin Turner's game. Um, And he was particularly bad, as I already kind of mentioned there, against the four-seamers. Against same-side four-seam fastballs, Riley, 212 295 slugging percentage uh, against righties, and he struggled against sliders from righties as well. 222 average, 309. I know throughout his career, he has hit righties pretty well, but this is a sharp sign of a decline from Justin Turner. And if this is the case, 
you can't play him against right-handed hitters. I'd almost rather see us go with Spencer Horowitz in this spot, who at least who's a lefty, who at least can hit left-handed hitters, and then maybe do Kevin Biggio in this spot as well. And if you're paying Justin Turner one million, one year, $13 million to be a DH, and he's not going to hit against right-handed pitching, then what are we doing here, man? It, it, Jesse, it's very much kind of a what are we doing here. And in my yeah. head... Because it's still kind of fresh. I mean, I worked basically up until 45 minutes ago, and I finally just got, you know, home and settled in. And, you know, we're, we're you know, recording the episode right now, obviously. But I haven't had a whole lot of time to digest. You know, I quickly looked at Justin Turner's stats, and for me it's kind of like um, he's been a good complementary piece in his career. I would say at best, never, you know, this is not as, this is probably one of the least sexy signings a team could, could ever really do as far as adding someone for $13 million. Cause that's just it. Jesse is, is that, is, is he limited in the plate appearances he can take? Like, did we just overpay this guy to ensure that we at least have a guy who can platoon a little bit? Like, or the wheel's going to fall off just after the all-star break. Is his, is his, you know, is his basically OPS going to take a dip? Like you said, OPS plus a 50, whatever, doesn't matter. Those are terrible numbers. And like, we're not left with anything on the books. He'll finish out his year and, and go into free agency. Um, but for him to kind of resurrect something um, is, is, is kind of way on the low side for, you know, the chances of that happening. I mean, I'll say this. Don't go out, Blue Jays fans. Don't invest in a Justin Turner jersey. <laughs> it's probably, like, if he's your favorite player when he played with, you know, the Mets or the Dodgers, then sure, by all means. But this is very much a rental piece. And my question was basically this, Jesse, is I, you know, Matt Chapman being my favorite player, I've was I've got to be hard on those type of players. Um, you take away Matt Chapman's defensive stats, and I believe he's a better DH than Justin Turner. That's that sounds crazy to say. That sounds crazy to say. The strikeout rate's astronomical. I think Turner has struck out um a hundred times twice. Uh, and right. Matt Chapman probably has a better walk rate. The power far surpasses Justin Turner. At least Matt Chapman's hit 36 home runs. Matt Chapman's right. also declining too. And I said, pretend if he can't play, you know, defense, which Matt Chapman's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. Justin Turner's not playing defense. What were we do? Like what? I don't understand the, what the plan was. It doesn't connect to me. It sounds like something didn't happen. Yeah, it sounds to me like uh, Justin Turner is supposed to be our Brandon Belt replacement more so than um, Justin Turner. But again, like if he can't hit righties, it, it seems like a confusing fit for me. I do want to point out just a few more interesting things I saw about Justin Turner here. Um, he does see a lot of pitches per at bat, so he does bring that veteran presence and he does come out and he will take a lot of pitches. He will make a pitcher work. He's always been that type of guy in his career. In fact, his 4.34 uh, pitches per plate appearance last year would have been second on the team behind only Alejandro Kirk. And he's really good at hitting sinkers. And the sinker is a pitch that um, we're seeing rise in popularity throughout Major League Baseball. So maybe if you get a good sinker baller on the mound, yeah, throw in Justin Turner and see if he can hit one or two. But uh, I'm not really loving all that. The one thing, too, I wanted to point out is with Justin Turner's 23 home runs last year, a bunch of them came 
from fly balls hit in the air to the pull side. And he hit 7-11 on that type of batted ball last year. Now, players across baseball typically hit well because that is one of the best things you can do with a baseball. But without that green monster there, that batting average is going to come down. That BABIP is going to come down. And if Justin Turner, we think, is already going to have a decline in his home runs, he's not going to hit right-handed pitching well, and he's going to have a dip with his batting average, Riley, seems very tough for me. So uh, that's my thought on that there. And um, do you have anything else you wanted to throw in about the bat on Justin Turner? Do you think there is a chance, I guess, that we get upside, like he has an even better year than he did last year? Because I don't think we do. I, I, I just, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing this happen. There is... Basically, this is this is like you said. There's a lot of floor with Justin Turner. Um, we hope that the 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 balls he hits in play um, go for hits is what I'm hoping for. Because if that is taken away, then we don't have we don't have anything in the guy. We hope that it's hit those balls driven hard are hit into the gap. The balls over the shortstop's head uh, clear his area of range, and th- those are hits that are on his part and the Blue Jays get and there's runners on base because you talk about we need clutch guys. Well, we'll see how clutch Justin Turner is if he's put in those situations. Yeah, we'll see. So I wanted to ask Riley, what does this signing mean coming next for the Toronto Blue Jays? Just uh, I got some rapid fire things here and just give me a quick yes or no answer, Riley. This means we're out on Jorge Soler and JD Martinez, correct? Sadly, I feel I feel like, yes, that we're out on them. I Although... The addition would have been nice, but if we're, I think that this might be it. I don't want to rule it out either, but it does seem like if Justin Turner was guaranteed DH at bats, it seems very unlikely we signed one of those players. So then this also probably says a goodbye to a Brandon Belt or a Matt Chapman return, correct? I would, I would say yes. Although again, we still, if we brought back one of those four players that you just mentioned, that wasn't Justin Turner. I think that would be great and gave that player more at-bats than Justin Turner. Maybe belt against righties, Turner against lefties. But you get, you're picking up on what I'm saying is that this, this acquisition alone is not high impact at all. And then another one here. This means Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is our full-time third baseman, right? Yeah, unless Biggio um, is proving himself to be a great defensive and offensive-minded uh, third baseman then you'll probably see IKF in a lot of ball games this year. Okay, then let's talk about the third base, second base slash DH rotation here and what it's going to mean. If Justin Turner is our full-time designated hitter next year, that leaves us with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Davis Schneider, Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal to round out that infield spots. And let's not forget about Otto Lopez and then all the guys that we talked in our last episode that are lurking in AAA Buffalo. How do you see this spot working out for the Blue Jays? Well, let's just pretend Turner's not going to take any reps on any of the corner bags, and you'll go Davis Schneider, second base. Okay, perfect. Have IKF against left-handed pitching and Biggio against righties, unless whoever's playing better at the time. That's kind of how I see it. Um, Mm -hmm. Espinal's going to ride the pine for a little bit. Um, As far as guys like Otto Lopez, I'm not really sure what – Again, spring training is gonna gonna you know say a lot of what's gonna happen this year. But Jesse, um, if we are just automatically assuming that the DH spot is taken up with Justin Turner, then that takes away a spot in the lineup. And one of the players is there's got for the past how many years there's been a decent guy sitting on the bench, mm-hmm. and 
a right-handed bat in Justin Turner, a right-handed bat in Danny Jansen. I mean, this this might drive me nuts. It, it just occurred to me now, and I don't want to go off kilter here, but this might take away some at-bats from Danny Jansen this year. Just had the same thought, yeah. I'm not pleased about that. Uh, especially how what we've just talked about, Jesse. That's that stinks. We won't that'll be a whole other episode where I basically uh do Jansen for president or Jansen for prime minister, whatever you want to call it, because he's criminally underrated. Um I hope I hope Turner can pull his weight. I hope Justin Turner can hit his weight and you know hit um basically what he's done. I mean, this guy is he good he's had a good major league career. He's had a good major league it's in the twilight of his career. If if he's able to manifest a decent. Yeah, he could be a good player. If he can ever tap into the guy that he was in his peak, you've got a good signing. This is going to look smart on a one-year $13 million deal. But I necessarily do not think that is necessarily going to happen here. Um, two more questions, Riley. I'm just going to read to you the lineup and tell me where do you think Justin Turner fits in here? Don't go into detail. Just tell me where do you think he goes? But right now, Springer, Bichette, Vlad is probably our top three. I think we can assume that that's the case. If things go the way you said with David Schneider at second, Kevin Biggio on third, and then Isaiah Kiner-Fleff on the bench, that leaves your next spots. We, let's assume that Kiermaier is nine. That leaves Turner, Biggio, Schneider, Varsho, Kirk. Where does Justin Turner fit in that lineup? I, I have a ridiculous theory that Kirk is going to hit far too high in the lineup this year. I would say high. I would say as high as fourth some games. I'm going to say Justin Turner hits cleanup or fifth. I think fifth more often than not, but it will not be a rare occurrence to see him bat DH out of the cleanup spot. That's where Roster Resource has him right now. Um, I bet you he'll start the season there. If I'm a betting man, I will bet that he does not end the season there. And then I ask you this, Riley. Are the Blue Jays done? Is this it? Like, Do we have another move coming here the pipeline, or is this Justin Turner move the last one, and we'll just see some minor things before spring training rolls around. I would love to see another bat in this lineup because of exactly what you said. And I think there's some room to free up. I think that, you know, Espinal in the right case has some trade value or somebody. Somebody has some value. Could be Spencer Horowitz. Could be Otto Lopez. Like, I really think that we did not do a good job this offseason. I, I really don't think so. I think this is one of the worst off seasons we've had since I gave a crap. Set, uh, you know, let's say <laughs> since since you know the Doc Hall Roy Halladay um, being a Cy Young winner. I think this is one of the, our poorest signings um, initially. Um, it could go extremely well, and it could really go extremely poorly. But as it as a team for what this team needs, we did not find that. And I, I part of me still wants, you know, a Jack Sawinski from the pirates um, yep. or, or some sort of left-handed power bat in this lineup. And if we don't get it, we don't get it. Then we're going to play with the guys that we have in hopes that something happens. But if we don't, if we are a bust this year, I will be less disappointed than I was probably since 2019. Um, yeah, um, I, I won't be because I'm not at this point. I'm not surprised. We are not a playoff team as it stands right now, in my opinion, going around the American League, seeing the teams that, you know, the Baltimore Orioles, how they're going to get better as this year goes on. Tampa's taking a step back. The Yankees have done extremely well. The Blue Jays, we have not 
we have not made a big splash. We have a stone's throw in an ocean of a splash. I agree with you, Riley. Um, it's not looking too hot for the Blue Jays right now. But remember the teams that won the offseason last year, the New York Mets and San Diego Padres? Neither of them made the playoffs. So you never want you never want to be the team that, quote-unquote, wins the offseason, I suppose. But you want to make your team better. And we don't think the Blue Jays did that here with the moves they made this offseason. Look, um, Ben Nicholson-Smith, the beat reporter, does think that the Blue Jays are probably done with the major moves. He thinks there might be small, marginal things coming. Um, Robert Murray, who's a writer for the uh, Blue Jays as well, he thinks Ross Atkins is still trying to do stuff. He's having conversations. He does not think it's the end. So be it. So go with that what you know. Um, my last point I want to make on Justin Turner here before we get call up and wrap up this emergency episode is he's a ginger, Riley, and the Blue Jays haven't had a ton of redheaded players in the major leagues for a long time. I used to have this theory that it was called the curse of the ginger, that only one redhead player is allowed to be good at major league baseball at one time. Justin Turner at once was that guy. And uh, we'll see if he can spark that up again coming into the next year. I wanted to know, Riley, if you had a favorite redhead, a favorite ginger in Blue Jays history. No, I we did this before and it's been t- 28 minutes and I still can't think of anyone. I'm not going to steal mm-hmm. your guy because I don't want to be unoriginal and a dink that way. I'll tell you, I think my favorite redhead in Major League Baseball history might be Jeff Bagwell. He's one of the okay, only yep. red redheads I can think of. Um, you have a good one, Jesse. I, I want to just you say it on air because, um, you know, we like a Blue Jays name and he might even be the best redhead pitcher the Blue Jays have had. Maybe. It's hard to think off the top of my head, but uh, Jesse Litch was the one who came to mind for a redheaded Toronto Blue Jays. So you can add Justin Turner to the list of Ginger fans. Maybe the Blue Jays will do some theme promotion this year where you got a Justin Turner wig or beard combo as a promotion this year. I guess we'll wait and see to that. Riley, any last thoughts about Justin Turner and his one-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays before getting out here today? No, I, Jesse, I mean, it's, it's not a sexy move. Um, no. Is it low risk? I mean, it's it's tough to say right now. I just thought we would have possibly got a, a higher impact player, especially if we're basically out as far as signings after this. But we'll see what happens. Um, the offseason is not done yet. And the Blue Jays are still a young core team. Varsho could take a huge step forward. Bo could take a huge step forward. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could take a huge step forward. Like our core guys could still get a ton better. And then Justin Turner is that complimentary piece that he. Yep. And then that's what it's going to take in order for this Toronto Blue Jays team to be ultimately successful. It, it falls on Vlad's shoulders. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, guys, to discuss our next preview. We're going to talk outfielders. We're going to talk catchers and some breaking news, including Vladimir Guerrero Jr. going on MLB The Show 24, which Riley and I are avid baseball video game fans. I'm sure we'll touch on that as well. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us for the emergency edition of the Justin Turner thing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, follow the channel anywhere you can find your podcast. You can find us at Buds and Blue Jays. We'll see you again next week. Until then. Let's go Blue Jays. Thanks, guys.